0: Today's conversation is with Steve Sims, and this is the Talented Human Podcast. Gary Vee tweeted on Twitter saying, hey, I really need help on like you too. Please email they end up operating a job to work as a YouTube analyst on Team Gary are in control of you. What you learn is like you. Focusing on reflection for the past couple of years, it's really incredible because you're able to see benchmarks uh, in your I own to
1: know what you want, though. For me, I was going to that because I was just worried about to the past right now is because I was wondering. I don't need you in the anymore. I totally need that like like Are you are interested that? in it? Are you passionate about it? Are you excited about it? Have you explored yourself enough to no. know? Is entrepreneurship something you're out <laughs> for?
0: All right. So today we're talking to Steve Sims. Uh, Steve is someone that I came across uh, while I was researching people to talk to for my podcast. And um, one of the things that struck me was uh, his background and some of the things that he's already accomplished in, in his life. Um, he's worked with, um, you know, amazing people in, um, in his trajectory. And he also Has created uh, great experiences. He is the founder and creator of Bluefish. It's an internationally famous company that makes once-in-a-lifetime events happen for the rich and famous. Who reveals to the rest of us his trade secrets for making things happen. Um, Steve, what you know? First of all, welcome to the show, and 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 I want to know a little bit more because like one of the things that intrigued me is like. You know you've been to the uh to the bottom of the ocean on the titanic
1: right actually i haven't i've sent my clients i actually didn't go down
0: <laughs> okay so you know again welcome to the show and uh i you know i so, it's one of those things and you work with elton john and you've done you know work with you know so many amazing people um how did you get into this like what what you know, first of all, like, you know, give us a little bit of background on, on, on what you've done throughout your life, because, you know, you seem to be very talented in a way that most people really, you know, don't see the, you know, the, the way that we do things. And, um, like, you know, some people, you know, you know, they got musical talents, they got, and you work with, you know, you know, incredibly talented people in that space. Um, and some people have, you know, you know, athletic abilities. Uh, some of them are, you know, intellectually, um, advanced and, and in your case, you are just, you know, creating these things and, 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 and empowering people to do, you know, amazing things. So what got you
1: um, started on this? So first of all, you need to understand, I am not talented. I am ignorant. Um, okay. there's, there's a lot of, I work with them. I work with incredibly talented people, whether they be talented in business, music, film, uh, athleticism. You know, these are talented individuals. I'm not. Um, I'm ignorant to the point that I just go and do something. Now, if you look at a child, a child walks up to a pot and your parents turn around and go, hey, don't touch the pot, it's hot. But the child still touches the pot. They only learn when they touch the pot. With me, people would go, oh, you can't get into that party. Oh, you can't work with Ellen John. Oh, you can't do this. I'd be like, well, why not? I was ignorant to the, to the fear that these people had. So I remember being a kid, we would walk past, you know, being a young teenager in London, we'd walk past a a house party. It wasn't our friends. I didn't know anyone. I didn't even know who the house was. And my friends would be like, Oh, I wish we could have gone in there. And I'd be like, well, why can't we? And I would just walk in. Um, And sometimes I would get kicked out. Sometimes I would end up staying, but I was ignorant to uh, acknowledge other people's fears. And I've noticed if you can imagine a day, just one day in your life where you're not scared, just one day, what would you do? And then I looked around at all of my clients as I got bigger and bigger and people were saying, oh, I want to go and um, go down and see the Titanic all right, fine, you know, let's find out who's going down there. And I would find out, I'd go, hey, I've got a person who wants to go. It costs you a lot of money to go down there, so let me help subsidize that. Let me put A and B together. And I became um, a connector. Um, And then I had people saying, hey, you know, I want to go and play on stage with Journey. I want to learn drums with Guns N' Roses. I want to go and, you know, walk the white carpet at Elton John's Oscar party. I'd be like, all right, let me do it. There are too many people that when you talk to them, And you can try this. You you can try this. And this is a horrible thing. I'm warning you, but you can try this. If you turn around to your buddies when you're in the pub or in the bar next and go, hey, I'm going to do this. There will be some of your friends that go, good for you. I wish you all the best. Have you thought about this? You know, have you thought about that? Go for it. If you need any help, you know, come back to me. Let me see how I can help. And then there'd be other people in your friends going, oh, that's stupid. Oh, you can't do that, Jay. Oh, don't be silly. You're going to fail at that. There are more naysayers in the planet than there are support. And what I first of all, absolutely. And the first thing I did was I got rid of all these shits. Anyone that wasn't willing to challenge. Now, let me get it right. (laughs) There are people in your world that will say, are you sure? Have you thought about it? They're not naysayers. Those people are just trying to get you prepared to help you go forward. You know, I phone up people and I've obviously got a good Rolodex now, but I'll phone up people and go, Hey, I want to do this. And I'll say things like, Why do you want to do that? Is that the best use of your resources? Are you sure that that's what you want to sink your energy into? And they are challenging me. And you need to be challenged because getting challenged breeds clarification and focus. So those are good people. But anytime I meet anyone who goes, oh, that's a silly idea. We're done. You're out. I'm not talking to you anymore. I don't, know, I don't need those people in my life holding me back. I want them to support, challenge, question, motivate, inspire. I don't need some prick terrified that I'm going to do it just to show up that I am better than them, which is what a lot of people are. That person sitting in the corner on that chair Telling, the, you, telling you that you can't do it, they don't want you to succeed because it's going to show up their inadequacies and their fear. So those people out there are fuel to me, but I discard them straight away. And that's why I'm ignorant. I can't believe I'm going to get a no. And if I do get a no, I believe I've asked the wrong question or the wrong person.
0: Well, I challenge it and say that you're talented at you know uh, surrounding yourself with the right people who Challenge you and then finding challenges in and in, in,
1: you know okay I'll take that I'll take, take that, that. okay um, I'll take
0: that. <laughs> it's funny because I I'm I'm one of those people that I also I'm I'm kind of driven by the idea of fear. Um, if I find something that you know terrifies me a little bit, even a little bit, um, or or something that you know presents a, a much higher risk and challenge level, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to you know, dive into. And, and I, I, I'm not afraid of taking a leap of faith on the things that I want. And, and that's always been kind of like a characteristic of me. And even, you know, growing up, like, you know, you know, kids will try to bully me and that shit will like just bounce right off of me. You know, they'll call me a name and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) And then move forward. Like I just needed, didn't like, it didn't have an effect on me. Like all, all, all the negativity, you know, didn't have an effect on me. What I kind of struggled growing up was with understanding that others were different and that people could do things in a stupid way or that people can actually, um, you know, not be reliable. And, and, and that frustrated me. Like I had no patience for any of that. And I, you know, we get rattled by the things I couldn't control. And, uh, once I understood that, you know, okay, well, the things I can control, then I can, you know, guide that and and mold that into what I want. The things that I don't, it's a waste of my time. Um, And it's just like the people, there's people that come into your life with all this bullshit and negativity that I honestly just simply push away as well, like you do. And, uh, but I've never, I was very intrigued by you. Like, I was like, I'm not sure what I'm going to talk to Steve about yet. I just know (laughs) that I need to talk to this person because someone that has this, uh, this, um, you know, this trajectory and this, uh, this life that you've had of like, you know, connect, like you said, connecting people with, uh, you know, amazing things. Like, like one of my goals with my podcast. And I I think, you are like the first person I'm sharing this with, and, you know, outside of my, my friends is, is to have Kanye West on the show. Okay. And dive into him or with him into, into mental health. Okay. Um, I saw this interview with him and, and Dave Letterman and I'm like, okay, well, Dave got to him. I know I can do it better. And, uh, and then I, I was like, I need to like, I would love, cause I, first of all, I'm a big fan. I love and hate the guy at the same time. And, uh, there ab-
1: does.
0: yeah, and there are things about him that, are, you know, fascinating and things about him that are, you know, they, they irk me in a, in a very, uh, you know extreme way like his like attention and love for Donald Trump is like just pisses me off but um the fact that he's um so open and and so real about the struggles of people you know that, that fight mental health it's one of the reasons why I want him on the show so maybe I'll I'll, I'll enlist your services for uh, <laughs> for getting canny on the show um like, I don't want to go see the Titanic and, uh, I, I may not want to <laughs> go learn, you know, play guitar with guns and roses and stuff like that. Um, but I may want to have Kanye on my show. Um, um, what, um, you know, in doing these things and, and actually, you know, being able to provide this, you know, this service or, or this, um, you know, your ability to connect people with these experiences, what have you learned about, about human behavior and like what drives people to certain things? Like, how, how do you know that people really want to do something for some example, if someone says, I want to sing with Elton John" or like walk the red carpet at his like uh, gala or or whatever. Um, how do you determine, okay, this is something that someone really wants, or do you even care if this is like something really want, or it's just like, if they say they want it, I'll get it done.
1: No, we're in a, we're in a society that sadly is transactional. Um, okay. Some of the biggest companies in the world, eBay, um, uh, Alibaba, Amazon, all of these companies are transaction businesses. You want toilet roll, you go on Amazon, you push a and it gets delivered. We are building ourselves up into a transactional society of command and reaction. You communicate with Siri, Siri, put the radio on, Siri, put the heat up, Siri, turn the lights off. You are now focusing on a command-based society. The reason I think I became so so successful is because I've never, ever, ever listened to what a client asked for. I've tried to hear what they want. Okay. And it's different. It's different. You see, if I asked you, and again, you can try this with your buddies, but if I said to you, hey, I can do anything you want now, you know, what would be the thing that you would want to do? You've just got $10 million. What would you do this weekend? Now – if you asked your buddy that, the first answer would be, oh, I'd get a penthouse and I'd get all these swimwear models and I'd get champagne and I'd have a massive party. That's the knee-jerk reaction. But if you said to him, okay, great, in two months' time, you've still got that money, what would you be doing then? This causes them to think. And then it's all of a sudden it's a case of, well, I've always loved animals, so I would open up a shelter where all adopted animals could come and just play until they die. You know, my mum had cancer. I would donate to the cancer wing of my hospital. All of a sudden, you get into the depths. Now there's one word that I'm going to give you, which is the most insulting, vulgar, um, confronting word in the planet that most people hate. Okay, that word is why. Now people okay. come to me and they will go, hey, I want a with journey. And I'll be like, oh, that sounds fantastic. Why? And then shut up. And they all of a sudden they go, oh, uh, well, and all of a sudden they start unveiling why it is it's so important. I'm going to give you a story. We had a client contact me. Well, he wasn't a client. Let me be fair for a start. We had this guy contact me about two years ago. um, And he contacted me in January. I was working with Elton John in February for his Oscar party. And this this guy called me and he went, hey, I believe you're working with Elton John. I said, yes, we are. He said, I want to meet him. I want to get a selfie with Elton John. And I went, oh, that sounds great. Why? He turned around and went, well, uh... He's on his Yellow Brick Road concert. It's the last time he's going to be performing. He's one of the last icons of the music industry. Everyone can just say, Elton, you know who we're talking about. I want to get a picture, and I want it on my desk. And I went, okay, that's it? And he went, yeah. And then he says, something like, really stupid. He went, yeah, and he's going to die soon, so, you know, I want to meet him before he dies. All right, I'll get back to you. And I did not, Okay. Because there was no depth in the request. There was, no, there was no core driving factor. There was no why for him. So a month later, one of my team get a phone call, and they went, Steve, we've got a guy on the phone He wants to meet Elton John next month. And we thought it was a buddy of this guy that we had ignored. We thought it was the same guy just trying a different angle. So I went, oh, I'll take it. This guy gets on the phone and said, hey, how are you? The guy was like, hey, same excitement. Hey, I believe you're working with Elton John next month. I want to meet Elton John. Okay. Why? So he goes quiet. Same thing as the other guy. Well, he's one of the last musical icons. He's finishing touring. He's not going to be out there anymore. I want to meet the guy. And, well, there's things. And it was that last... Part of the conversation that opened up a little chink in the armor. So I said to him, what's those things? And just shut up. And then he went quiet. And then he said to me, when I used to go to school and come home from school, it was my dad that always took me there and always picked me up. It was our thing. Never my mum. My dad would always take me to school and take me home. Now, when we had our first car, it had one cassette and it was Elton John. And my dad and I would sing Elton John all the way to school and sing Elton John all the way back from school. And every time he got a car, he would make sure it had a cassette or a DVD, uh, a CD, sorry, of Elton John. And we would sing all the way there, all the way back. And he said, and when I was young, I loved singing with my dad. When I was a teenager, I hated it and it embarrassed me, but... My dad never missed a ride without singing Elton John. And secretly, I kind of liked it, but I was a teenager, so I was trying to be cool. He said, now, my dad died about 20 years ago. But every time I'm driving down the road and Elton John comes on the radio, my dad is sat next to me in the car singing. I want to tell Elton John that he brings my dad back to me for five minutes every time he sings. That's a why, that's a reason, that's a cause. So we made it happen. He met up with Ellen and Johnny, told him the story and they hugged it out. If you can't get to the reason or if there is no reason, there's no direction, okay? And you're not gonna be able to make the client happy because there's no focus, there's no goalpost. So the question you've always got to ask your clients and I, I consult a lot now. I consult with clients and businesses all over the planet. I had someone contact me I think about six, eight months ago, he had a bakery in Los Angeles, a bakery, okay? And he said to me, how can I make my bakery more, uh, more um, popular? How can I make it more in demand? He said, you know, I make brilliant cakes. I said, so there's other bakeries. He said, yeah, but I've got a brilliant location. So does other locations. I said, what well, you've got to do is show, do you care? I said, start this. Whenever anyone comes in and asks you for something, ask them, why do you want that? Someone comes in and wants a loaf of bread. Why do you want that loaf of bread? You know, oh, uh, because I'm making toast. Great. That's a brilliant loaf of bread, but this is also great. Do you want to try that? Just ask them why and question every single person that comes in. And this guy came in and said, hey, I want a red cake. So he said, oh, that's great. Why? Well, it's my dad's birthday. Well, it's a cake. That's pretty obvious that it was a celebration, but... Why red? Well, I want Ferrari red. Why? Well, he loves Ferraris. Does he love the new Ferraris or does he love the older Ferraris? He's an old fellow. He loves the 60s Ferraris. He said, well, okay, I've got an idea. Let's do the red cake, but then let's buy a bunch of matchbox old looking cars and put them around the bottom and then put the Cavalino horse on the top. And because the Ferrari colors are red and yellow, let's do an addition of little yellow cupcakes around the bottom." He gave the client more than what he asked for by asking him the reason why behind the request. The client went back, client ended up owning a major corporation told everyone about how this guy had paid so much attention just to a freaking $15 cake that he now caters our events. So that's the focus. You've got to start asking people why if you do not, Amazon are going to be taking your job really really soon, so you need to start focusing on your resume. you need to focus on asking the why behind you need to start interviewing and questioning your clients to understand what it is they really want and understand the reason why behind every every question
0: yeah i'm i'm actually um i I'm, I'm usually not this quiet uh, to conversations but <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, i'm i'm very um um back a little bit because like you know, I grew up in, um, in, in a professional way, I, I, I kind of grew up in sales and, and in this whole mentality, I did, uh, you know, private wealth management, I did, uh, you know, uh, insurance sales, I did, you know, retail and all that and, 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 and corporate sales. And, 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 and the one thing that was always constant, is like, you got to know your why when you're doing something, you always have to know your why you don't know why you're, you know, why? Why do you want to buy this? Why do you want to? And and uh, you know, as a as a as a branding company, which is you know what what we do, and and in my company, you know, we we, we help companies and startups with their brands. That is usually that's that 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 lies at the core. And and a lot of people ask me sometimes, like, why do I ask why? Why do I ask people why you want to do this? And 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 I think it's it's fascinating to see how you turn. Something that is so entrepreneurial and into into the way to understanding, you know, your clients' reason and intentions for the requests that they have, and it it, it really it really blows my mind, and in, and in, in, you know, in a in a very um, philosophical way. And let me ask you a question. Um, and, and this is because I, you know, you know, I have this focus on mental health. I think is very important. How important do you, you know, would you say in, you know, in your, uh, like you call it in your ignorance, uh, <laughs> uh cause I, 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 I sometimes refer to it as, as well when it comes to mental health. Um, cause that they, they just got me thinking of this, like if we, if we begin to understand people that might be suffering from anxiety and stress by understanding why they feel the way they feel rather than try to, cause like it, it, we're usually trying to find that, but we never ask the person why, you know, and you hear psychiatrists and therapists, they always ask like, and how does this, does this, 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 like, it's all about how, never about why. And I'm starting out the thing, like, could the why be right in there? And to understand it because like you feel I feel like you you have a good understanding of 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 um you know the psychology of human behavior for understanding your client's requests. So I don't know if you see you you know, I don't know you can I
1: think there's a lot of psychology, bearing in mind I used to work as a doorman of on a nightclub, and my job as a doorman was to scare people. Um I had to stand on the door. And I was the guy that had to decide whether or not the guys were a little bit too drunk for me to let them into the club or you know whether the girls were going to be too rowdy. I was never there to communicate. I was there to look like the big meathead that was going to potentially cause you trouble. I had to intimidate you before you walked into the club so you wouldn't do anything stupid inside the club. The dumb thing is, this gave me a beautiful position just to be able to watch the psychology of people and human interaction. I would see people walk towards the door and they would either walk up to me and go, Hey, how are you? And just slip me 20 bucks and go, Hey, I'm looking for a nice table. You know, can you help me out? Absolutely. And they would handle me with respect. Um, Or they would walk up and immediately go and stand in line. You would self-select where you were in life, your position in life. It was very, very weird. And you'd get different people react to you in different ways. Even from an early age, I noticed that everything was about human psychology and everyone, and you said said about it before, about fear. Everyone's got fear. Everyone's got fear. Everyone's got problems, anxiety, depression, doubt. We've all got them. They are as, as guaranteed as us going to the toilet in the morning, okay? We've all got them. We all hide from them. We all pretend as though they don't exist, but we've all got that shit. Nowadays, what you want to focus on is solving someone's problem. Hey, are you nervous doing this? Let me help you. Hey, does this intimidate you? I can make you uh, feel stronger in that moment. Have you ever wanted to do this? Let me be part of that. You know, it's a point of getting into someone's um, uh, problems and solving those problems. If you can solve someone's problem, even if it's like I used to in my concierge firm, give them more interesting cocktail stories. I would have these wealthy people that had done all the traveling and guided tours and five-star hotels, they would come to me to make that travel more interesting, more exciting, more experiential. I was solving that problem. It's like a drug addict that's always looking for the next high. I was there to satisfy your urge and your, your lust for something exciting. I now do that with entrepreneurs, in my consultant in Sims Distillery. I train people how to go, okay, the biggest problem you've got in your life is you. The biggest fear you've got is you. The biggest doubt you've got is you. 99% of your problems are you. Now let's get you over those so that you can actually be the full you. It sounds very um, uh, mumbo-jumbo and like we're going to sit around a fireplace and sing Kumbaya. But we're we're shoehorned with how everybody else's life is so brilliant. You look on any one Instagram profile, and I've never... And I don't want you to do this. I really don't. But I've never seen a picture of someone on Instagram sitting on the toilet. We all go to the toilet, but hey, that's not pretty. We've got to lean against the car. We've got to be on a beach. We've got to be looking cool. We've got to be drinking a drink. We've got to have a hot girl with us or something. It's all about, look at me, look at me, look at me. My life is far better than yours. Well, we know that 80% of the people on there are screaming for attention, are screaming for affection, are screaming for connection. And in a world of so many social platforms, we're actually losing the ability to be social. So I think there's a lot of problems out there that we need to focus on. And as you said, recognize the fears that you've got because you're a human being and we've all got them and run towards them because one of the greatest lines that I ever heard and funny enough, this was one of my, we've all got those aha moments in our life. This was one of my aha moments. I was a bricklayer in London and I was going out with the girl that I'm thrilled to say is now my wife after like 30 years and I was sat in the movies with her and this line came on the screen that literally changed my life. And I don't know if you can recognize where it came from. It said, fear causes hesitation, and hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. Do you remember where that came from? Um, I'm really bad with, um,
0: with remembering movie lines. Um, <laughs> If if you quote any of the Dark Knight uh movies uh from Christopher <laughs> Nolan, then yes, I will know all of them.
1: Um but that one that one actually came from point break. Um, and it was a typical man Moon. Now, here's the funny thing: Boda Cipher said it to Johnny Utah in the back of the truck on the way to Robin the Bank near the end of the movie. That line meant so much to me about that hesitation that I couldn't remember the next part of the movie because I was literally in the movies going, wow, that's right. I want to stop hesitating. I want to stop. Allow-. And I was going through my, I missed that next part of the movie. I actually had to watch it again just to get the flow, but that has always stayed with me as one of the most impactful. And it's weird where you get your oh yeah. moments from, they can be from an advert. They can be from a, from a valet boy. They can be from a best friend. But that was one of my first young aha moments when I went. I'm not going to focus on hesitation, you know that, because that's where that's where my fears come alive in that hesitation. So that was it. So I, you've got to run towards your fears because shockingly, and you can agree on this, when you arrive at your fears, they very rarely are as large as what you first thought they are.
0: Yeah, it's it's it's, it's so true. Um, I. Uh... I've been on the road, uh, basically because I couldn't even say like I'm traveling. I have just been on the road, um, um, figuring out what, I, what next chapter of my life will be, um, after living in New York. And, um, with that in mind, it, it's been like the most scary thing I've done in my entire life. Yet I have learned so much about myself in the last year and a half to years that I've done in my entire life. Um, I know we, have, um, you know we have a hard stop, but I wanted to ask you a quick question about, uh, <clears throat> sorry, about blue fishing. Um, tell me a little bit about, uh, cause you, you, you made that a book, right? If I'm, up, if <laughs> yeah, I'm up. It was kind yeah. of weird. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit about that. And uh, because I, I actually, uh, read a lot of the comments on, on the platform where we met and uh, uh, a lot of people like, you know, very, and I, on your website too, like the reviews and the impact that it has on people. Um, how, because I, I mean, I've written a book completely different. Uh, it's just, it's a, you know, fictional story and, uh, uh, I never published it because I I still have to finish the ending, even though I finally got to it and I will have to like put it all on paper. Um, how do you, you know, um, How, how, how do you see, like, uh, from, from, cause you, you seem like a very, um, upbeat and, and like, you know, you're not your typical philosophical person that has this, uh, (laughs) you're more of of a, of a Gary V style, like, you know, in your face, you know, you know, don't bullshit me kind of person, but I feel like the, you know, the message within blue fishing, which I, you know, I, I do plan on getting and reading, um, I, um, I see that. That, that people you know have an impact that's like a little bit more softer and <laughs> so no, it's
1: just look i'm a bricklayer from london that made a lot of fuck-ups in my life i made a lot of mistakes um and i decided that every time i had a mistake it was an education on what i shouldn't do so my phd my mba my doctorate has come through making a lot and a lot a lot of mistakes. Um, you, Your growth comes from your biggest failures. Your growth comes from those, oh, shit moments. And anyone out there that is having trouble keeping the lights on, that getting that red letters, uh, they, they've got that water cut off. We've all been there, buddy. We all know what that tastes like and it fucking hurts. But you know those lowest points are what gets you to your highest peaks. And if I hadn't have had those moments in my life, I'd not be sitting here now. Um, When I got offered to do the book, I got offered to do the book on a tell-all. It was a kiss and tell on all the rich people that I dealt with. And I said, if I release that book, I'll be dead before cocktail hour. Simple (laughs) as that. Um, And then they got talking to me and they went, hang on a minute. How the hell does a... Because I don't drive a car. I just have motorbikes. Every country I go to, I won't rent a car. I'll rent a motorbike. Okay, so I will turn up at every meeting, princes, kings, queens, royalty, heads of companies, celebrities, crash helmet in my hand and a motorbike in the driveway. And I will pull up, sit down and we'll go through what's necessary. So they said, how does a bricklayer from London, you know, that's that's walked through SpaceX with Elon Musk and hung out with Elton John and, you know, been with Richard Branson and worked with the richest people that no one's ever heard of in the planet. How the hell do you do it? Let's do a how-to book. So it gave me a platform to be able to dispel most of the myths. Like everyone's out there, they build a company and they focus on a CRM. Screw that, focus on the client, you know? Just get the client, solve a problem, get another client. Get two clients, solve their problems, get four clients. Now you've got a scalable business, okay? So that's what I decided I'm going to write a book. And to be completely blunt, we never had a website. We never had any kind of funnels for the book sales because I thought to myself, 10 people are buy it. Great. Hopefully, it'll change those 10 people. All of a sudden, it's been released in... Um, uh, last year, it was released in Japan, Korea, Vietnam, and uh, Mandarin Chinese, oh, and Thai. And then it's being translated now to be released later this year in Russian. Um, and it just got released last Saturday in Poland, And they sold out on the same day of release. So I went from thinking no one's going to get this book because it's simple, 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 simple stuff um, to all of a sudden it being an international bestseller. Then I had to do the simsdistillery.com. Then I had to start doing the stevedsims.com website. And I had to get behind it because if you're going to put that out there, if you're going to help people, they're going to go, well, that's great. But what's next? So you suddenly find you have an obligation to keep it going, keep helping, keep showing people what you're doing. So the book, I won't say was a mistake, um, but we certainly never planned on it having the growth and impact it did uh, today. Uh, but we're very excited. Every time I get an email, every time I get a picture, every time, you know, I'll get people in their 90s in, in mainland China and then I'll get a, a nine-year-old from Cleveland sending me an email or a letter. And I'll be like, this is fantastic. You know, I had this, um, I had this uh, little girl, I think she was about 11 years old. They sent me a little letter, but in the letter was a tiny little bottle of whiskey like you get off an aircraft, all bubble wrapped and everything. Because they know I drink whiskey going, you can drink this whiskey while reading my letter. So this little 12-year-old, and I'm sure she didn't send me the whiskey. I'm sure it was mum that did it. But this little 12-year-old sent me a letter and a little picture and a little bottle of whiskey, and that just kills me. That just makes me just hard stop and just be thankful, be grateful, and then be obligated. I then have to go, right, okay, if it affected her now, what can I focus on? So I'm constantly focusing on communication, constantly focusing on what I do, and every time I do, I have a, um, and this is free of charge, so it's not a sales pitch. I have a Facebook page called An Entrepreneur's Advantage with Steve Sims. It's free of charge. Anything I try, new technology, whether it works or fails, I post about it. I try new marketing ideas. If it works or fails, I post about it. I share as much about my failings as I do about my success because when something fails, you can go, eh, That's because I didn't do this. And I've had people say to me, well, you said it failed, Steve. Did you try this with it? And they will tweak it and all of a sudden it become a win because I exposed what didn't work for me. Other people got into the conversation, which is what we all need to be doing. And I found a way of making it work. So the book was kind of a a real surprise and let's be serious. If it wasn't for the books and the reviews and, uh, you know the 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 euphoria behind it. I wouldn't be talking to you today.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and I'm 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 thankful for that. Honestly, I uh, this has been. I know it's it's a short one, and I know I, I have to let you go soon. Um, and I wanted to, you know, I, I just want to say thank you, um, in advance, and um, thank you, uh, for giving me, you know, a, a little bit of your time. I am going to order the book. I am going to request that it comes signed, <laughs> 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 and uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a request. Uh, all right. I, uh, I I don't know if I will if it will happen this year, but I I am planning on going to Scotland, and I would love okay. to meet you there so that we can drink some whiskey together.
1: Um, because <laughs> well, that I is, can make so- it easier. I can make it easier for you. I'm a bourbon man, so yeah. you don't even have to leave the country. So as far as you well, know, I'm in Berlin. So are oh, mm. you in Berlin? All, all right. right. Okay. Well, yeah. there you go. We'll have to get over to Europe. Actually, my, my wife's coming over to Berlin later on this month. Okay. Uh. Yeah.
0: I'm, I I was recently in Prague and I went to this like whiskeria place and. Uh, okay. Oh, dude! So many whiskeys. <laughs> so many, and, that, and that's my drink of choice. But honestly, I do want to do the trip to Scotland because I, right. I want to do it with my dad. That makes um, sense. That, that, that is our sense. connection. All um. Right. I started pouring his whiskey when I was twelve. And we both enjoy a very good Macallan. Oh, so then that can I, do... can
1: fully, I can fully understand why why Scotland. And that makes total sense.
0: And then we can do, but it, yeah, again, I am also a bourbon guy. So <laughs> I'm a whiskey guy. So
1: bourbon, you know, Japanese,
0: Scottish, uh, Irish, whiskey in general, <laughs> so long as not Canadian, I'm all
1: good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it.
0: All right, uh, Steve, uh, thank you so much for being on the show, for giving me a little bit of your time. Um, I, am, um, I do want to read the book. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by your story. I'm fascinated by what uh, the response to it has been. So I want to read the book and potentially you know, do a follow-up after bye. I read it. Sounds good? I'm up for that. Okay, I'm up for that too, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. All the best. Bye. Bye-bye.